0: try to think of these creative intros but montana has it down he's montana samuels i'm mike bonner this is the bubble and the nfl draft was last week and uh as we do on the bubble we like to talk about current events or things that are taking place but kind of shift at 180 you know look at it look at the the magnifying glass at a different angle or something like that and one of the big stories of the NFL draft was Ryan Shazier Mm. announcing the Pittsburgh Steelers pick, one of their picks. Yep. And it was this, on TV and through the NFL, a really emotional, inspirational story because Ryan Shazier was injured last year making a tackle Mm -hmm. uh, and was carted off the field. And when you watch the video, it's pretty disturbing because his legs don't move after the hit. And I believe Sean McDonough, the – play by play announcer for the game says, I haven't seen his legs move since he went down. He rolls over and you could tell his upper body was rolling him over, but his legs haven't moved. Mm -hmm. And then Shazier walked out on stage, uh, and announced the pick and walk is a strong (laughs) word. He,
1: yeah. With the assistance of, uh, like his wife or his fiance, Mm -hmm. I believe. Um, it wasn't a natural walk that, uh, Top, Like you said yesterday, this man was in the 99th percentile of athleticism. He was one of the best linebackers in football. And he was like if he would have walked out with some sort of walking assistance, I would not have been surprised in the like form of like a cane or a walker. That's like the type of walk.
0: Right. Well, and I think that that's. It's you know it's this fine line because I don't know if how inspirational it was mm-hmm. for the young players there you know that the, right. were watching right. because certainly yes his determination his desire to to continue to heal, to continue to improve, sure. to physical therapy, to show up. And that's certainly uh, inspirational. Mm-hmm. However, I don't think, and I, a couple of stories, one was on Deadspin. And then yeah. uh,
1: Patrick Redford Patrick wrote that on Deadspin.
0: And Tom Coran of the NBC Sports Boston wrote. Uh, and he was the one who kind of pointed that out was this was a human that last year was in the 99th percentile of athletic athletes on the earth, mm-hmm. just a physical freak athlete yeah. and now he's having trouble walking across the stage and it's it's really jarring in, in the sense of how dangerous the sport can be and mm-hmm. it's one i think the nfl tried to flip on its head saying look at how awesome this is but it, right i don't think it should really be discounted or underplayed of how dangerous the sport can be and i think deadspin even went further and said one of the athletes that are drafted during this draft could I, I'm going to say could because we really don't know, but I think they wrote that it will happen to one of these you know players because it's a very dangerous sport.
1: Yeah. Well, and I, th- I think another important um, another important point to make it, it's different than just the physical harm aspect, but so the NFL and the Steelers themselves were very very secretive when it came to his mm-hmm. progress with the injury. Deadspin wrote another article that was linked in the story we referenced earlier. Um, they link back to a story where it was like a week later and they hadn't said there was no update on Ryan Shazier, whether or not he could walk, whether or not like what the injury was. Um, so the NFL was so secretive about this because presumably because they knew it was damaging mm-hmm. if this turned out to be something that was life threatening or like life altering but then he he's now making this recovery. He said he's on the football side of things where he wants to come back in 2019. So they're using it as this marketing tactic of like, look at the brotherhood and the strength of football. Like we're such a tight knit community. We support our own. And it's like, well no, this guy was like the best player on his team. Like that's why people, he's like a human that people respected both on and off the field. That's why people are supporting him, not because he's a football player that's coming back from this brutal injury.
0: And I think uh we should kind of mention too this is uh the first of a couple episodes we'll be talking about kind of this mm-hmm. issue of football. Uh, so you'll definitely want to not only listen to this one but the ne- the next weeks as well. Uh and I think you're right. Uh I think it's it's a problem that I kind of see from football and I've said on previous podcasts in different states and such that I'm not sure I would let my child play football. I'm not yeah. I, I I right now if I had to make a decision I, I would say no because I I don't know if it's uh safe. I do think at this point, um I I've always kind of thought of the idea of I'm trying to think of the ages. Well, I'll just mm. – instead of grades, I'll just say ages. Uh, there should be no contact in football prior to varsity. Uh, oh, everything wow, else okay. should be kind of seven-on-seven. Seven. Really, because – especially when you look at Pee Wee and Pop Warner, they're all the same size anyways. Kids are – you know. They, right. so what's an offensive lineman to a running back to whatever? Show them the skilled positions in, in, or techniques and such to learn those right. techniques, better understand the game, and then when they're 16, 17, 18 and such – they understand. Hey, this is a really dangerous game. Right. If you want to play, hey, great. More power to you. You know that you're aware of the the, uh, right. the damages, so to speak. And I think this is something. I believe that the state of California was the legislator was.
1: I believe California was. Yeah. Yeah, was
0: debating. I don't know what happened uh, with that uh, debate, but I, I think it's something that uh, it certainly should be viewed as. Hey, this is a dangerous sport and how do we solve the future? Not hey, look at the inspiration of this person that right. you know, you can come back from anything. Certainly you can, but how about we create a game where this doesn't happen?
1: Right. Well and I think too, um an aspect of that, to play devil's advocate a little bit, the NFL, you always hear people around the league or the league themselves talking about on-field product. And I think a big thing, the NFL is influential in a lot of these football decisions that happen down, like in the trickle-down world of football.
0: And I agree with you. That's where I was, I was just about to say, because it popped to my head, I, I wanted to remember this, that I have covered a number of NFL linemen mm-hmm. who are now in the NFL who were not you know, this five star incredible right. talent and they weren't necessarily even high school linemen because, or they didn't start in, in varsity because their bodies hadn't developed yet. So right. in terms of linemen, they are, I feel like almost the most coachable where you can just take, you know, guy with good footwork, good this, and then craft them into uh, uh, an, not an To a player where they're not playing at that level in high school anyways where certainly some of the wide receivers, the skill positions, they're a little different where you don't need to have linemen until high school because really beyond, they're not preparing for anything. There's not like a lineman that, oh, in fifth grade I was, usually every lineman I talked to was like, yeah, I got moved there in high school or I started playing in high school or I was there early and then I moved around and then I specialized later. It's there isn't this sense of, oh, well he needs to play, develop his skills from five until 16. There are a host of linemen. The, the New England Patriots, uh, uh, Volmer, he was a wrestler. You know, right. I, O'Connell, I think, uh, was o, I think O'Connell was a, a wrestler. I'm not sure if Volmer was, but certainly, yeah, you don't need, where it'd be much more difficult to have a wide receiver just pop up and, oh, you saying Bolt's fast, let him put a wide receiver. Right. That doesn't Let's make any it, sense. Yeah. yeah Well,
1: and I think that, yeah, to get, um, Back to where i think the nfl would sort of uh try to halt that process would be the notion where it's like well there's a toughness element to football and toughness is what people i mean it's a, it's like a different form of like a combat sport basically it's mm-hmm. like it's like if you did boxing but you didn't what like well no face punches and <laughs> l- like the i don't know what the different uh age groups in boxing are sorry to all my golden gloves people out there but <laughs> Um, I, yeah, I just feel like the NFL is one of these leagues where it seems like the common perception is if it makes sense to the outside world, you can expect Roger Goodell and the higher ups at the NFL to do the exact opposite. Working with the Grammys. <laughs> yeah, they, I mean, we got the Grammys, we got the Oscars, and we got the NFL.
0: I think it's... Yeah, I, I feel like the draft sometimes puts a spotlight on these, uh, on these issues because... One, you have, as we mentioned, the Ryan Shazier action, Mm -hmm. or or, uh, Ryan Shazier uh, announcing the pick. And then you have uh, the aspect of, you know, why isn't a running back uh, high value at number two? Well, because they get hurt. Because you can fill them in. Because they're not going to have a longer career. Because the wear and tear on them is much more, in college, they've carried the ball a lot. Or, or, you know, this this running back has has more wear and tear because he played at Wisconsin compared to, it's, it's really weird to talk to about another human in the yeah. sense of, well, they have you know the mileage on their their brumps and bruises. They can only right. play for so long, whereas you're not thinking about that necessarily in baseball or basketball in the sense of, well, how, much, how many games have they played? How many hits have they taken?
1: Right, exactly. Yeah, in baseball, I guess it's like pitchers you can think of that if, if sure. you're like more inclined to the baseball world, but it, it is this really strange... It's a good point. It, it, yeah, it, it's it's this um humans as commodity or product rather than human. It it's a I mean the concept as a whole is sort of strange. And then And, it, and in,
0: it does. I mean, and sure, that that's a lot in a lot of, you know, right. jobs. You know what sure. I mean? What's well, how does your talent fit our, you know, how does how, if you're model, a puzzle piece, right. how does that work into our overall sure, puzzle? Sure. But it's just weird in the sense of the <laughs> NFL that for a running back, it's like, well, he has a lot of... Right, it's just like, is he miles going to get on, Yeah, is he going to get hurt and how long can we, can he play without getting hurt and therefore the value is... It's, it's just a different... Because in reality, a lot of other positions aren't... Like, quarterbacks aren't like that. Linemen aren't really like nah. that. It's, it's a really specific now that's kind of come into the running backs where it's, you're looking at them and they're a bad value because once they hit 30... It's, right. Which you're looking well, at about so, an eight-year career, maybe.
1: And so the oddity of this, too, is, especially when you look at the framework of how the NFL has created their take where football's not a dangerous game. It's just like we're doing everything we can to make it even safer, but we don't view it as dangerous. But literally, the reason people most people around the league talk about running backs in this way is because they suspect that throughout their career, they will be injured and that's why they can no longer play football, Yeah, but it's not a dangerous game. It's, it's sort of this, uh, the wool being pulled over the eyes. It's like smoke and mirrors almost. That's kind of what I find strange. but this brings us into the, the injury aspect sort of guides us into our next point, which, um, we, we want to talk about, which today. you also
0: see a lot in the NFL. Again, it's, all these things are kind of highlighted by the NFL draft. It's, it's right. really kind of interesting.
1: Yeah. But so yeah, so that sort of brings us to our next point. We Bleacher Report um, published, uh, it was almost like a round table of NBA and NFL, former NBA and NFL players um, talking about athletes who smoke weed and the different uses of it. Um, some recreational, a lot medical. Um, there were different people. I believe it was Sean Smith and also uh, Martellus Bennett um, that were quoted as saying over 80% of NFL players smoked weed. They suspected, or, or they, they uh, estimated, rather. Uh, Martellus Bennett, yeah. But it, it sort of brings us to this interesting notion because we've heard all of these stories about the dangers of football and how no small part of those dangers are prescription drug addiction. I mean, you look at somebody like Brett Favre who dealt with that in his post-career life. And then in the framework of the NFL draft, we have guys who have failed some drug tests. We have guys who have got caught smoking weed in college. And all of a sudden, this is a really, really big problem despite the legality of the substance. And what, it, the? do we know the exact number? Is it 27 states? Am I accurate on that? It's a good question. That's a good question. But, but yeah, so I, I think it just brings I believe there
0: are only two states, uh, in the union that flat out ban marijuana entirely, both medical and okay. recreational. So uh, I believe cause Montana and I are working on a marijuana story. So look out for that. Yeah. Uh, but in, in our research there, the, the person we spoke to, uh, said, um, that there are only two states in the in the United States that have outright that, that just it. outright banned it. So that kind of puts it into perspective. Right. Of basically, forty eight out of fifty yeah. say at some point it it is useful.
1: Oh, it, I'm actually on a paragraph in the story that says it right here. Marijuana is now legalized for rec use in nine states and counting, plus twenty nine for medicinal purposes. Okay, so there you go. But so, yeah, you got. It, This always sort of stands out to me because in the NFL draft, you always inevitably will have somebody who's got off-the-field issues that are not drug-related or specifically marijuana-related, and then you have people with off-the-field issues that are just simply marijuana-related, and the way those are talked about are really striking to me. The, The example we were discussing earlier was like Arden Key. Um, which I mean, Mike made a good point. It's not necessarily a lot of times NFL executives just use that to sort of cover up some other things.
0: Because it's some of it is it, in the the NFL drafts that I have covered, mm-hmm. uh, scouts have told me some things, and it's just personal. Uh, it, it's they can say something that it's it's a drug issue. Um, I I covered a a player one time where his stock was they didn't a uh, scout didn't know exactly where he was going to go in the draft. And he said some of it was hurting because they thought that this player's uh, dad was a drug dealer. Um, so you can kind of say drug issues right? without, you know, putting in the media or reporting that, you know, we think your dad's a drug dealer. It sure. just looks so there oftentimes there are, uh, <coughs> there are other reasons kind of happening. It, that why a person is f- falls or not. I think in the the story that we saw on NFL. dot com, uh, an NFL scout I think said, "Normally, marijuana isn't." Uh, yeah, his quote here is here is the uh, uh, the line. Generally speaking, marijuana isn't marijuana use isn't much of a red flag for teams. Mm-hmm. It's just the the other things that maybe not necessarily associated with that, but other things within the player's background right. that kind of add up.
1: Well, and I think, too, marijuana specifically, but drug, anytime you hear off-the-field issues under the notion of drug-related issues, it ha- it comes with this stigma where automatically people feel a little like aghast where they're like, oh, I don't know if I want to associate myself too closely with this person. And that that was what I found so good about the roundtable was it was this group of very high-succeeding professional athletes who came together to talk about the fact that it was like i believe it was once again uh, i don't know if sean smith said this part but uh one of the nfl players on the round table was talking about how on fly- like flights home after games on sunday um t- in order to try to sleep on a plane people would just be like ambient 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 someone getting ambient whatever and it's like i don't necessarily want to be taking prescription drugs to help me sleep or to help me feel better on a Monday after a a Sunday night game Mm -hmm. or something like that. And there are are options like CBD oil and things like this where it's less impact on my body that's already being impacted by the fact that I'm playing a very physical and violent game. And I think a big part of that is sort of breaking a stigma and also just trying to change the notion of drug testing as a whole. Because to, I don't know if you feel this way, Mike, but have have you felt that like certain players have been targeted by the by these drug tests as well? Almost as it's like, well, we don't want to test everyone really hard, but we have to act like we're doing something. So Josh Gordon, you fail two drug tests, you're getting drug tested every month now.
0: I have not uh, felt that way. And I think it's – I also uh, want to caution because I think, like, I just had a conversation with someone um, the other day who's – Place of business tests for marijuana and it right. is illegal. And in, in the United, in the state of Massachusetts, it's legal. Right. So I think it's it's a it's a it's a problem that the entire I mean, sure, country it's not has just to deal with NFL. because the federally it's right. still illegal. Right. Um. So I think that's something that has to be figured out at some point because it it's just it's not going to work. There, it's it, it's not going to work. Yeah. There's no there's no
1: clarity about what is. Le- yeah. It just seems like you don't you don't test for alcohol. It's it's one of those things like that. That isn't. I do think
0: at some point will that will every business will get there uh, because it just will. Like you said, you don't test for alcohol, you don't test for cigarettes, right? If marijuana is legal, it's I don't know. Yeah, it's about
1: breaking down that that. But you can't show up to the
0: job place drunk either. No, no, and I I I I think think, yeah,
1: sure. I don't necessarily think anyone. Well, I I don't know. There there were people who in that roundtable that said they did play. Uh, under the influence of eh, – I'm not going to say under. That sounds kind of square. They, they got high before they went and played either basketball or um, football, which, yeah, once again, your your opinion is – on either side of that argument is valid. I'm not here to tell you how to think. But, um, yeah, I just, NFL draft time always kind of gets me uh, really curious because you, you have a lot of uh, our colleagues in journalism – being tasked with trying peers. to keep and yeah that's a good word peers. I, peers yeah
0: um no i think because i think what you're and it's a really good point and you kind of said is off the field is such a huge umbrella right you know it, it's it's a really wide engulfing thing where it could be is yeah it could be a traffic ticket because that's off a field right. issue yeah uh, i covered a player two players who were arrested and that's an off the field issue they were arrested for possession of alcohol that's not an issue not an issue you know so it's a really wide range thing and then you have some really serious issues uh the the lsu lineman i think i'm blanking on his name where um he wasn't drafted at all he was supposed to be like a first round Mm -hmm. pick and he just he wasn't drafted because of a sexual assault allegation so, okay. you know, and they're both labeled as off-field issues and they're not anywhere in the in the same hemisphere. No, it's not the same thing. So I think that's one of the issues is really when you developed this off-the-field red flag type of thing uh, probably about 10, 15 years ago, it's really wide-ranging and it kind of yeah. casts, casts a scarlet letter on these players even though right. what does off-the-field issue mean. And I think more so, as we mentioned here, the NFL, the teams know. They they, right. they do a really, 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 really in-depth research on all right. their plays. They know everything. Um, I think we're going to get to this a little later, but the Josh Allen tweets, oh, I, sure, I yeah. saw uh, one person say, it's not unlikely that NFL teams already knew this. It's not really difficult to search so- I mean, social media. Yeah, Twitter. They you probably knew back. these yeah. existed. So it's... So that's it's more public perception. It's more, hey, are we going to draft this person and then bring him in and how is the public going to perceive? Which right. is really an interesting thing too because there's just so many layers to it as I like, kind of just scratch my head because right. it hurts. Because if you're really good, just like anything else in the world, if you're really good at what you do, you kind of get more leeway. Right. But how do you gauge that public perception of okay we bring in someone yeah second third round is that okay fourth round right, exactly. it's like where it's yeah. really just weird because there is a there is a scale there i just don't know how it works and it, yeah i mean
1: well and so this is sort it's weird this is sort Hurts of what head. i find interesting about like the i mean espn and the nfl network are the people who air the draft and have the the guys talking about it and um it's interesting to me because it seemed like we were talking about a little earlier um their job is to focus mainly on football because that's their that's what the audience is there for but as a journalist do you, I, I don't I feel this way partially because this is a really big issue in music right now as well with a lot of young uh like soundcloud rappers and things like that which like everyone who doesn't know what that is just turned off the podcast but they turned
0: off a long time ago. It's okay. just you and me Fair talking. Point.
1: Um, but do, as journalists, do you not have sort of a a responsibility to report that out a little more thoroughly than just oh, like well, there's an off the field issue.
0: Yes, well, and I think I think they do. As we see in this NFL.com article, it's extremely right. So in certain instances, thorough. sure. And I think and for <laughs> it's all so funny we're talking about sports, but it's I would say it goes across all news. When you're on television, especially for the NFL draft, right. you want, it's it's basically real life Twitter. You want right. to, give me, quick, I don't want to know, like, off the field, what was it? Give I me a take. I don't give want me, nuance. Yeah. And then we're going to go on to the next player. And how does this affect my team right now? And what's going to happen right now? Right. There's no nuance involved in that. Where print, uh, or, and, I'm, and by print, I mean, you know, online yeah, written, written yeah. there's a lot more Space or ability or opportunity to dive into it, so I do think it would be extremely unfair to say there isn't that analysis, sure I would say in the the thing that is the n f l draft, especially prime time when they're trying to get it you know quicker than yeah it's there's they just want to wrap up their Twitter so they can go and then talk in the the at the water cool the next day and be like so uh. Yeah. You know, Isaiah Wynn, he's, he's going to be a that, great lineman. That Mike Hughes guy, to, if he
1: can really figure out these off-the-field issues.
0: Right, well, and I, I brought up Mike Wynn. I mean, excuse me, Mike Wynn. Isaiah Wynn, he has no off-the-field <laughs> issues. The Patriots uh, drafted Was uh, oh, that the lineman? Lineman yeah, that yeah, But that I just they brought him up because that would be the water Jackson. cooler talk here. Right, like, right. hey, they – that Isaiah Wynn's going to fill right in for uh, you know uh, Volmer and uh, it's going to be it's going to be great and all this other stuff and it's not Volmer but I, I I'm blanking on no the, the idea tackle's the, name who now the but
1: Patriots offensive line is
0: I'm on a Volmer kick right now
1: yeah that's like the third or fourth Volmer reference yeah. yeah that's pretty good but um yeah I, I don't know I, I think a lot of this stuff is just in, in the sort of time period we're in right now with
0: Nate Solder the, that's his name sorry
1: Nate's, wow Volmer Solder.
0: Well, they were both uh, tackles, Lyman. but yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. It's, well, let, let's uh, since you already brought it up, let's sort of dive into the the Josh Allen thing. Um, Josh Allen, what was it like a day before the draft? It came out that he, Night,
0: yeah, just about 24 hours the afternoon before.
1: Yeah, he had some old tweets. Uh, apparently, they were from when he was 14 years old. Is that they were. That
0: he was, was. Yeah, it was a while. He was, it, was it was a while back. Or,
1: early Twitter, um, Josh Allen what were, were they like song li- t- i think you know more about this than i do so i'm I'm gonna pass the baton over to you uh
0: so i don't know a whole lot of that i'm gonna try to bring it up as well uh, because i think you're right he told he apologized right uh and he said that uh they were from rap lyrics i believe in a tv show
1: okay oh one of them was actually kind of racist
0: no, they one were of, very much. Yeah. Uh,
1: one of so one I I guess I they were both like one of them was rap lyrics and then the other one was like a like a racist phrase or something. So it like was, if it ain't white
0: it ain't right. Yeah,
1: that's what it was. So the other ones were n-words from rap lyrics and then, I don't I
0: haven't confirmed whether they're from rap lyrics. All I know that he is he used the n-word a number of times. Okay. Uh and it looks like here three tweets. I don't it, he said they were from rap lyrics. I haven't seen anyone say they weren't. Um, And then the other one he said from a TV show was uh, if it ain't white, it ain't right. Um, And these were from ranging from 2012
1: to 2013. Okay. Yeah. So that it's just, I think,
0: yeah. And and what we wanted to get in here was not so much. I mean, the, the tweets are not just
1: airing out Josh Allen (laughs) And,
0: and they're not, uh, acceptable on any account of anyone's imagination. Just absurd. Uh, but I saw Mike Freeman from Bleacher Report. I, I saw an interview with him with Rich Eisen before the draft, and he said what he doesn't like as uh, he denounced the tweets in all shape and form. But what isn't what's bad about this was the information was leaked to affect his draft stock. It wasn't like right. someone was coming and saying, "Hey, this person, this dude is maybe a racist." You know, this isn't kind of a public information newsworthiness. This sure. was specifically to dra- drop his draft stock. Uh, for whatever reason, uh, to hurt him or whatever. Right, um, right. Some people said that could it possibly be another uh, a team or a scout doing this to make him drop, and then someone else said, which is a really fair point, that makes no sense whatsoever in terms of another team's going to change their uh, their view of someone because of what another – Right, team right. release regardless of whatever and it reminded me very much of when I was in Mississippi uh Laramie Tunzel an offensive mm-hmm. lineman for Ole Miss this was I think hours before the draft it
1: was yeah it was like three hours before, yeah
0: the if that and it was released of a video of him with a gas mask on smoking a bong uh and <laughs> it really I think put teams and just I I remember teams the from people I spoke with was just it wasn't so much the video, it was what's going to happen next. Because yeah. he was he was kind of had some NCAA investigation for paying and Yeah, well and paid he had to and come out this other and make stuff. a statement yeah, 3 so, hours before the draft. And then yeah. his stepdad sued some it was this so for the teams it was what's going to happen next. It's yeah. not even that this, this video. Right, right. But it's and again, that's a situation where it's just absurd because he's dreaming about this night forever and then to someone to do this right at that exact point. Not again, not for the public knowledge, not for, Hey, this is newsworthy specifically to degrade someone's experience. That just doesn't seem right.
1: Well, in a bit. Yeah. And not to bring it back to, I feel like we always bring it back to social media, which once again, our plan to just turn this into a social (laughs) media podcast is coming to fruition. But, um, I think that was an example of – that was sort of the first, like, time social media had impacted a big – well, not a big event, but, like, we had never seen the NFL draft impacted by social media before, I don't really think. No,
0: outside influences – outside things influenced the draft because it was something where he was supposed to go, like, top three. Yeah. And then he went in the teens, I believe, if, I, if my memory to serves Dolphins, me correctly. the maybe? Something yep. like that? Um, so, yeah, it was – it was, it was yeah. a pretty crazy night because, and it, and it, it, it was interesting because there was this live, real time arc yeah, where people were it. like, "Oh my god, he's gonna drop!" and yeah, he should drop. What an idiot, you know? And then, and then it's it,
1: the peak, and it's like he's dropping, he's dropping, he's dropping, well, he's dropping. And then
0: people were like, "Oh, okay, this is like this kind of sucks that it's happening on his night." And then, yeah. and then the. Within hours, it was like, okay, yeah, he should probably get drafted. I feel bad now for yeah this, and it was playing out on social media because people were like, ha ha ha, he's dropping, and yeah, then like, what he an deserves idiot. it. What do you, an idiot! Yeah. How did he do it? And then the same people would then come in and be like, all right, now okay, this yeah. is not funny anymore. He should—he's a really good player. I hope my team gets him. You know, it's, right? Yeah, and then like <laughs> this,
1: yeah, like the Ravens thing. start getting close, and they're
0: like, oh man, what a steal! Laramie Tunsil would be, which then kind of goes into that aspect of. You know does anyone do fans really care, or is it well he's our idiot or he's yeah. our off the field issue where that's that oh I what an idiot Laramie Tunzel is, and then oh, but I want him on my team because it's a great value it's yeah. it's yeah it's just one of those well, things
1: and, well, and once again um it, it's it's one of those things where it seems like n f l teams have a line where it's like if the player is. It at least this good it doesn't because you look at somebody like Ben Roethlisberger or Jameis Winston who have these sexual assault allegations I believe coming in uh maybe Roethlisberger's was after he got yeah, into I the league I believe it was after yes but Jameis Winston was immediately prior pretty much to him getting in the league there was a massive New York Times investigation into it and he it didn't affect his draft stock one bit but Laramie Tunstall who's not a franchise quarterback gets a video posted of him smoking weed, which once again we bring up the stigma centered around um, drugs, drug related off the field issues, and he drops pretty uh, pretty dramatically for who was going to be a top three pick.
0: It's a business like anything yeah. else. I think a lot of times people forget how much of a business it literally yeah. is, and it's really, yeah, it's really important to remember that. they're you know corporations. Each team is a corporation or yep. an entity, so to speak, and they have to value what is. This person going to do for my brand, yeah, you know, what is it going to do for my company, and yeah, when you look at a quarterback or any of that skilled position, their leash is going to be a little longer in terms yeah, of what you need it it's the face what they of can get franchise. away with yeah, yeah. um they they can win you know they can they're directly going to lead to wins, they are the people that talk after the game yeah. now that has both positives and negatives in terms of okay, you. You have to be able to uh, conduct yourself because you're a leader. Right. But at the same time, Johnny Manziel was drafted in the first round, which right. brings a lot of off the field baggage. Right from uh, I think sexual, uh, not, excuse no, me, no, domestic no. He, violence. Uh, um, yeah, yeah, that's right. That's he what did, I meant. Yeah, and, domestic and violence to drinking abuse, to yeah. yeah. So there's a whole lot of that swirling around, and he was still drafted in the first round and didn't work out. But these teams, they have to balance that. Okay, you know what? But the the boom bust, so to speak. Like, yeah. yeah, this could go down a terrible road, but it could also go down a great road. Uh, not saying that's good, bad, or indifferent, but for an offensive lineman... It's a little different. He could play amazingly yeah. great, but is that really going to... It how doesn't much have that going as to help the fan, the advertisement. How many yeah. jerseys are the offensive lineman going to sell? And that's very much the business, just like anything else.
1: Yeah. That, yeah, and I think that's... I always sort of come back to that point when I watch the draft, because it is, you just it's so for people who pay attention to the league as a whole and how it operates you it's so blatantly obvious that everything right. is right
0: and separate. and i want to be clear i'm not saying that's right that right. that someone should overlook sure. because they're going to get say a lot of jerseys yeah. that that to me does that's a huge problem Yeah. That you should be there should be a standard regardless and if yeah. you can't get someone who is a a good role model then maybe you need to you know yeah. look elsewhere but it that's just unfortunately the way it is in the nfl yeah. is yeah that, that's the way that it is well and
1: then additionally from a fan perspective as well how do you interact with that person now that he's on i mean um a really good example is a i i I'm a fan of the Kansas City Chiefs. I think we all know. I maybe have talked about it on the pod before, but I was listening to GM Street with Mike Lombardi uh, this morning, and they were talking about some of the guys in the draft who either fell or didn't fall in the face of off-the-field issues. And one person he brought up as a, a glaring example of this is Tyreek Hill for the Kansas City Chiefs, who had some pretty um, – he had domestic violence, I believe, charges um, against – who uh, we'll just leave it we'll say domestic violence charges because i don't remember the specifics of the case off the top of my head but you bring a player like that in and it's often like i brought up earlier with music xxx tentacion is the number he had a number one album two weeks ago and he has these horrific sort of charges pending against him right now in florida courts and it's as a fan of both of these people who i talked about specifically but then of anybody else who your team or the, a musician you feel closely with uh, when they have these problems how do you interact with them and what what's the line and i think that's something that's something i've been thinking about a lot this year just because there's been a lot of instances of it from anywhere from louis ck to sports with i don't yeah someone like tyree kill to music with artists like six nine or xxx tentacion tentacion or even r kelly right now it's just well, R. Kelly for the last like mm. twenty five years, but um, it, yeah, it's just something people are ha- having to cope with now more so than ever because people are talking about it. It's sort of the issue of the moment with the Me Too movement and things like that.
0: Yeah, and it's and it's something that I think Chris Long, a former Patriot, current oh, yeah. uh, Eagles, player. we should
1: end on Chris Long. We should <laughs> talk about Chris Long as the well, last,
0: yeah. I, I, yeah. I found it interesting when he you know after Kanye went on uh, yeah. his political or entered political, the political realm. Oh, yeah. Uh, and a lot of people were calling, you know, well, I'm, I may boycott Kanye and this and that. Yeah. And Chris Long said, you know, no more, more power to you, but just you got to remember, be consistent. In the sense right. of, you know, are you boycotting so-and-so? You're boyco- Because, you know, you may disagree with Kanye, and that's fine, but do you know who else... Are you not going to go see, you know, any movie that somebody that you disagree with has or any... And he's right. basically just calling out the hypocrisy of what we kind of talk about, you know, yeah, not to go like back to social media, pace, but so, the, re- yeah. the, like the Twitter retweet of, oh, I'll just unfollow him. And it's like, you didn't okay, do anything. Right. But yeah, he, he provided, you know, his yeah. opinion in front of you and that's great. And, you know, stand for something, but remember to stand for something across the board. Cause I believe, yeah, yeah, I don't know how it came up, whether someone said Chris Long should boycott his music or whatever, but I thought it was an interesting, valid point that there are a lot of entertainers or yeah. things that we, watch or entertain or anything like that where right. are are you aware of you know what this means if for example i think what he was saying was if you were a patriots fan and we're saying well i'm going to boycott kanye west because he supports trump right he would say well do you know that the quarterback yeah, the New right, England exactly. patriots the had the a owner of the quarterback yeah team. there's you know just keep that in mind you know right. and continue your boycott keep your freedom of speech right do whatever you want but also keep that in mind that there are a lot of entertainers and i think that's to kind of wrap it all up in a circle is very much what nfl franchises do with when you're looking at quote well, off the field yeah, issues are, they
1: certainly are consistent about that <laughs> they
0: you know you have to you have well
1: to, to an extent though sometimes they're not there are people who there are definite like you talked about the josh gordon the browns are keeping a very very close eye on him because they're concerns about his marijuana use but at the same time they draft johnny manzel with not really any. Well, in the and that's car, what I meant. They're, yeah. they're
0: very much like you know, pick and choose their right. their. So you're saying rationale. they need
1: more consistency rather than. That's a little bit. But I think it's a mixed bag. That's what I'm, i yeah. that,
0: I If I came off in incoherent, which I probably did. That's what it. It, it <laughs> seemed like. Yeah, the NFL is very much a mixed bag of. Yeah. It, they judge every situation on its own rather than
1: operating with consistency. Operating. Yeah. With this. Okay.
0: Hey, I disagree with. The, a. So all of anyone who believes A is
1: through Z is now this under the same umbrella. Sure,
0: and and I think yeah, as you mentioned, the NFL just kind of
1: yeah they they pick and choose based on often the bottom line. I think like most businesses do, I guess. Which I mean, if you're trying to make a dollar, that makes sense to me. If you want to, I mean, we live in a capitalist society. You got to make your bucks, I guess.
0: It's really interesting in terms of it's it's a business, yeah, and it's. very much, it's a private business, but very much yeah. viewed through a public scope. And whether that's a good point, it's that's hiring practices. Point. Yeah, it's, it, it and again, it, it's it's salaries. Even though it's private, it's right.
1: Well, and we didn't even talk injuries, about injuries, its health of its and, employers, and the other thing which has nothing to do with the draft, but we didn't even talk about the the backlash they're dealing with now with with the, all of the cheerleaders throughout the league. Mm-hmm. Are you, Which is that's another story for probably another podcast. But it is it. It is interesting to see. I think as a whole, these bigger businesses are being held more accountable for their actions, specifically when it deals with things like that, when it's uh, a blatant um, uh, like decision made based on gender or sex or things like that. I mean, it, yeah, it is just – we've seen – I mean, it, it, it goes back to someone like Josh Gordon, Martavis Bryan, all the way to Michael Sam, to – you name it. There's been any number of things that are strange with the draft or the NFL. But I guess that's one consistency about the NFL. Things are always going to be kind of weird.
0: And I think that's probably the world.
1: Yeah, you're probably right.
0: It's, it's, a, it's a microcosm of a larger macro.
1: Microcosm of a larger macro. You heard it here first. This has been the bubble. Uh, he is Mike Bonner. I am Montana Samuels. Mike flexed his superior intellect on me with that last comment so I'm going to leave it at that before I make myself look like more of an idiot and we hope you will have us back have us back